Mother Daughter Disney Podcast. My name is Amanda. I'm here with my very lovely mother. Hi, I'm Jeanette. And today we're going to do a deep dive into the France Pavilion in Epcot. I'm super excited because I love the French Pavilion in mm. Epcot and I found a bunch of really fun and cool stuff about it. Oh, good. So, all right. So okay. the French Pavilion opened on October 1st, 1982. It was one of the first pavilions that was part of Epcot. Mm-hmm. The France Pavilion is themed to look like a Parisian neighborhood with a pool and fountains. So you kind of get to the French Pavilion. If you're coming from, like if you're entering, if you're facing the World Showcase and you're coming from the right side from like the UK pavilion mm-hmm. you walk across a Ponte de Os inspired footbridge I apologize I don't speak French so I don't I'm not mm-hmm. going to say anything with a French accent everything's going to be with a heavy American accent so get ready but this type of bridge is a pedestrian bridge that's in France I have been fortunate enough in the past where I have been to Paris so they do have these pedestrian bridges that cross the Seine's River is that how you say it the Seine's River the Seine Seine's River mm-hmm. yes I was going to say it like so that's the main mm-hmm. river that runs through Paris they have lots of these little pedestrian bridges that you can cross the river and they were only meant for pedestrians, not meant for cars or anything else. So yeah, so this little Ponte de Os inspired footbridge is one of those. There is a park bordering the canal along the right side of the pavilion that was inspired by the famous painting A Sunday Afternoon on the Island of La Grande Jatte, a point hmm. a pointless artist, Georges Sarat. So sorry, I'm gonna say everything wrong in this one. Hmm. There is also a small Eiffel Tower. This Eiffel Tower is one tenth of the size of the actual tower and it was built following the blueprints of Gustave Eiffel. It has little spikes on the very top of it to prevent birds from sitting up there. Mm-hmm. If you are able to find one of those cherished photos of a bird sitting on top of the Eiffel Tower, please send it to me. They were very hard to find online, honestly. Disney okay. has like wiped the internet of them. Yes, it really and, does um, deter them. I yes, need some um, of those at home. Yeah, if they don't have the little spikes on top of it and the bird sits on there, it does ruin the illusion of what the Eiffel Tower and what that whole area looks like. Yeah. So if you looked at the Eiffel Tower today as it stands in Paris, it would have a similar coloring to the Statue of Liberty in New York. So it would kind of have that greenish tint to greenish it. Tint. However, in Epcot, the Eiffel Tower is more of a tan and pinkish color. And the reason for this is that it's supposed to represent the late 1800s and the color that the Eiffel Tower would have been in the late 1800s, which makes sense. I feel like it's also the color that most people associate it being right. like if you expect it to be that color. That's that's what you see. We do love our little Eiffel Tower. The landscape here has a single objective to reflect an urban ambiance, particularly springtime in Paris. Mm. I love that they picked it a does specific too. time. The street trees along the central boulevard are positioned and pruned to enhance the illusion of distance. And planters in this area reveal pastel mixes of flowers, lending an impressionistic flavor and reinforcing the theme. The France expansion, which opened on October 1st, 2021, made room for Remy's Ratatouille Venture and Le Creperie de Paris. And this more than doubled the pavilion's footprint like the area of the actual pavilion. This new section is a French market street called Allée des Marchands, which is Alley of Merchants. This section also has exaggerated details and is supposed to have a slightly wonky architecture. And that's because of Remy's Ratatouille adventure. So it's supposed to evoke the in quotes crookedology of the Pixar mm, film. It's okay. supposed to be a little bit more wonky because you're kind of entering into like that Pixar version of Paris oh, okay. rather than I didn't even notice that. Okay. I've never noticed that either personally. No, I'll have to keep an eye out next time. And there's also of course the Ratatouille inspired fountain in the focused of like the expanded area mm-hmm. and this is where Rami stands in the center of the fountain with like a little champagne bottle as if champagne bottle is burst and there's water yeah. flowing out of it this is my favorite fountain <laughs> in all of Disney World all of Disney World all four parks oh. all the parks this is my favorite one I absolutely love it I think it's so cute I love the little details when you're looking at little rats you know holding little, <laughs> little bottles right. they do have this fountain in Disneyland Paris as well right outside of again the same ride for mm-hmm. Rami's Ratatouille Adventure it does have a slightly different name in Disneyland Paris however the one in Disneyland Paris is not a real fountain 
cotton, it is just like a planter. So there's just like plants in it. And instead of water coming out of the champagne bottles is like little metal spikes to kind of imitate water coming out. I imagine the reason why it's not a real fountain is just due to the weather in Paris. Right, Paris has they'd real have to turn seasons. it off in the winter. Yeah, so in the winter, it'll look real sad <laughs> if you just have this empty fountain right. just sitting there in the middle of the park. Right. So yeah, so rather than have just an empty sad, sad fountain, they just fill it with grass hmm. and like, you know, cool. plants instead. So that's why I'm really glad in Florida, we can have a full year long fountain <laughs> for us because it does look very different. And I do love the fountain in Florida. And a lot of people say too, when you walk through the French pavilion, it does feel like you are in different little parts of does. Paris. Mm -hmm. So I kind of thought this was interesting too, that in comparison to some of the other pavilions, the French pavilion really focuses on Paris. It doesn't really focus on any other area of France. It's mainly just the city it's of true, Paris. It's true, it's the city of Paris. Whereas some of the other pavilions, well, like for instance, the Italy pavilion, it kind of has different aspects of Venice, mm -hmm. of Rome, of Naples, of different areas of the overall country of Italy. Whereas the France pavilion really focuses just on Paris and like different Parisian aspects. Mm. The other little thing I want to note too is that there is a little green book box stand that's kind of along the wall of the World Showcase Lagoon. And they do have these in Paris as well. We mm -hmm. actually saw them when we were there. So this is like hundreds of years old, like I think 400 to 500 years old of these booksellers will have these green stands along the Seine's River and they'll sell their, mer their merchandise mm -hmm. from them. Mainly it's books, but it can be other artwork, artwork. or other like right. notebooks or other like, you know, homemade type of stuff like mm -hmm. art artisan type items. So it's super special and super cute. And also if you look down as well over the bridge, I guess, and like what's actually kind of down by the water of the World mm -hmm. Showcase Lagoon, you'll see a few like little kind of like canal type boats down there. Mm -hmm. And again, that's also to reminisce as well when you're in Paris that we have little boats that are just down, there, sitting down there. Right. So this is very specific to the time of this podcast coming out. But in the summer of 2024, Paris will be holding the Summer Olympics. And mm -hmm. right now there's a huge controversy around those, those bookshelves along the river. Oh, really? Because the opening ceremony of the Par Paris Olympics will be on the Seine's River. So this is the first time ever all the countries are going to float down the river on these little floats. It's oh, supposed wow. to be a huge, okay. spectacular thing. Okay. So while you do have to have tickets to go to, I say in quotes, the opening ceremony, oh, they can't just well, close off the river. those people are going to be... Okay. So they want to remove the book, the book stands temporarily from the river. However, the, the book stand owners are like, no. <laughs> They're like, one, the summer is the height of their of mm -hmm. their tourism. You know, they need the money. That's where they make most of their money. They're like, two, it's just like if the book stand is open, because they, they're saying that people are going to try to stand on the book stands. They're like, if the book box is open, then no one's going to stand on it right. or that they're going to be in the way of the view. The view is part of the Parisian culture. That is what makes up part of the Seine's River that's been around again 400 to 500 years. Right. Some of these book boxes are real old. So you uh -huh. can't just be moving old architecture like that. They could fall apart. And again, ruin these people's businesses for literally one part of the Olympics. It's not like it's like just for the opening Olympics. ceremony. It's just for the opening ceremony. But they, they should have come up with a different idea. But they'd have to remove the boxes for the entire part of the ceremony. They wouldn't be able to put them back like the, the has to love it. So I was watching this Instagram reel of saying like, no one knows how to do a protest like the French. <laughs> so the French are really protesting against this. So likely the boxes will not be removed and they will be able to stay. I do hope so for the, again, the culture and for the people mm -hmm. who do own those book boxes that make their living off them. But I just thought that was really interesting that, it, you know, these things that we don't always think about in other countries, like the culture that happens right. when the Olympics do come, which is such a huge event. Everything's got to be changed. Yes, to have. And adjust. But I do love that we do have one of those little book stands here in Epcot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, all right, let's go to the attractions. So for the attractions, first up, we have the Impressions de France. This is a panoramic film that is 18 minutes long. The film, which has been playing since the opening day of Epcot in mm. 1982, which is so cool, is a visual tour of the nation set against a musical score written by Buddy Baker, encompassing the music of classical French composers such as Claude Debussy and Camille Saint-Saëns. So sorry, I'm saying their names wrong. The film itself is the work of director Rick, Rick Harperton and produced by two-time Academy Award nominee Bob Rogers. You can tell I took some of this text directly from Wikipedia. <laughs> that was directly on Wikipedia. <laughs> the film's visual tour includes some of the 
the nation's most stunning and romantic landmarks, such as the Cliffs of Eschrotz, so sorry, <laughs> I can say everything wrong, in the hot Normandy region, Mont Saint Michael in Normandy, Chateau de Chambord in the Loire region, Notre Dame de Paris, and the Eiffel Tower. So a previous attraction with the Kim Possible World Showcase Adventure. This was an interactive scavenger hunt that began in January 2009 and played across most of the pavilions in Epcot along the World Showcase. In June 2012, it was replaced by Agent P's World Showcase Adventure, basically the same thing, just mm-hmm. with Agent P from Phineas and Ferb. And now on December 12th, 2022, Epcot announced that it would be a new scavenger hunt with DuckTales, the World Showcase Adventure. So right now, that's what it currently is, is the DuckTales World Showcase Adventure, but it is part, France does take part of it. And then, so yes, yeah, so I already talked about that Remy's Ratatouille Adventure opened on October 1st, 2021. That whole expansion with the ride and everything was announced on July 15th, 2017. And the construction also began in 2017. And then because of the delays of COVID and due to the pandemic and all the closures, it didn't actually open again until October 1st, 2021. In the celebration of the 50th anniversary of, in general, the Walt Disney World Resort, mm-hmm. the 39th anniversary of Epcot. January 16th, 2020, a Beauty and the Beast sing-along show premiered in, again, the same like theater that the, the Impressions de France is, uh, is also held mm-hmm. kind of alternates with the Impressions de France I've heard a lot of people love the show they say it's very fun it's very fun especially for kids too because you're encouraged right. to sing along and mm-hmm. you know very 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 fun so before you get into like when you're waiting to go see these shows they have this exhibit called Taylor's Oldest Time French Storytelling on Stage and Screen Display you have seen this exhibit it's very small it's just like in the mm-hmm. entrance of the theater but it's essentially an exhibit that has it says explore six gallery cases featuring a collection of costumes music artwork and more all depicted to the adaptation of the French literature and cinema, theater, ballet, and opera. So Beauty and the Beast, of course, has been adapted from movies to, I mean, like obviously started out as book, to movies, to mm-hmm. screenplays, to theater, to stage, to ballets, everything in between. So this is featuring some of the costumes and the props that we've seen, you know, on the Broadway movies. before in right. other places in the world. They have some of the costumes from the Beauty and the Beast live action movie. Some of the costumes and props are also here. It's really cool to see, especially mm-hmm. if you're a big Beauty and the Beast fan. And even if you're not, I think it's always just cool to see movie props in general, like how right. they film I always enjoy movies, anything to do with the movies, yes. I can't remember. I don't think they have the yellow dress here. I think at one point they did, but I do know the yellow dress yes. moves around a little bit. So depending upon where the yellow dress is now, you may be able to see it when it's there. And other times I know it, it does move to other exhibits depending on what's going on. But that is always really fun too, to see, you know, the iconic yellow dress that Belle wears, especially from the live action movie. Love that dress so much. All right, so for meet and greets, we have Belle and Aurora will both make meet and greets here. Belle's meet and greets are super cute because she's often wearing her blue dress that you see when she's walking around actual Paris, not like the yellow dress. So, and often you will see her too walking around the French pavilion before she goes to like the little meet and greet. Right, yes. So you'll see her walking around with her nose in a book. And so that's super cute too. You can also meet Aurora here. Aurora usually is wearing the pink dress, but sometimes she's wearing other dresses. It kind of depends on the day. But normally you do get to see her in her classic pink dress that she's associated with. And last but not least, there is also the comedy chair climbing and balancing show Savoir Amusant. He performs on a daily basis outside of Les Chais de France. I feel like I have not seen this in a really long time. Yeah, it's been a long so time since we've really seen sure that. I'm not sure if this is actually still going I'm not, on. I don't think they're still doing that. Yeah, according to Wikipedia, it's still on Wikipedia. No. So, but I have not seen this since I don't post think so. COVID. Yes. So perhaps they will bring it back one day. I think it'd be great if they did. Cause mm-hmm. I do, when I saw the photos, I remember it seeing it based on the photos. So maybe one day they'll bring this attraction back, but maybe as of right now, I don't think it's No, I don't think though. they're doing so it. I think they have Remy's Ride of Two Adventures like mm-hmm. to draw to go to the yeah. French Pavilion right now. I also want to note too, for the French Pavilion for Remy's Ride of Two Adventure, because you do kind of have to walk along the side to get behind the area. They do have a little sign right as you're walking back there that says the wait time for Remy's Ride of Two Adventures. So you don't have to walk all the way back to the back corner right, of this to find pavilion. out what the wait is yeah you can just walk halfway in see the wait time and then leave if you don't want to walk all the way back and not wait on the ride and i just want to give a shout out to i love that ride i think it's so fun <laughs> it's, it's so cute. cute if you don't know it it of course is based off the based off ratatouille but it's 
essentially shrinks you down to the size of a mouse. You sit in this little mouse. It's a trackless ride. So you're sitting in this little trackless ride. It is 3D, so you do have 3D glasses. I know some people don't like 3D glasses because it makes them Disney. So just keep that in mind. You do have to wear the 3D glasses. It does spin you around just a little bit. It will spin you around. So there are different places where I close my eyes because it does make me a little dizzy. Yeah, when the ride first opened, Mm -hmm. especially in its soft opening before it officially opened, a lot of people were saying that it was too much, that people were being spun around too much and they were getting too dizzy. So it's funny that Disney actually took out some of the spins in the ride. Oh, okay. When I went to Disneyland Paris, I went on the ride. The ride is exactly the same, but there is more spinning Spinning? in Disneyland Paris. Oh, God. Okay. So I imagine they literally just copied and pasted Disneyland Paris to Epcot, and Mm -hmm. then people in America were like, too much spinning. Spinning. So they just took some of it out. If you'd like to be spun around even more, (laughs) go to Disneyland Paris. There's enough spinning for me at this point. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's funny because I feel like when you're on it, and when I told my mom the first time that I was like, there's more spinning in Disneyland Paris, she was like, how? She was like, how can you add more? (laughs) I know, because it spins you around enough. I mean, not not enough to make you sick, not enough to things, but enough that I know after the first time that there are certain parts that I have to like close my eyes. So let me know. There are are more tighter spins Mm -hmm. that they will do in Disneyland Paris. I'd also want to note too for Disneyland Paris that the ride, so when they opened up in Epcot as well, it used to be like three seats, like three really tiny seats that were really strange and were kind of like, why isn't it just a full bench? That is because in Disneyland Paris, they have a single rider line for this ride. Mm -hmm. I wish they did that in Epcot. I think they just didn't have space for the line physically, like not have the physical space for the line. So they had the three seats for no reason. Yeah, so again, the copied and pasted the exact ride structure. Eventually they did take out the three seats. Now it's just a full bench. So when you come in, you just cram as many people into the bench as you like. Especially when you have kids and stuff, it's easier. Yeah, exactly. You can have all the kids with you. So it's much more comfortable that Mm -hmm. way. But yeah, but in Disneyland Paris, they do, it is a single rider. Like you can do single riders. So when I went on it, I was by myself. I did single rider. But yeah, but just know there there used to be seats back in the day. All right, let's go into some of the shopping. There's lots of different shopping here. First, we have the Plume et Palette. This is the perfume shop. Mm -hmm. So they sell all different perfumes like Chanel, Escada, Givenchy, Lacoste, as well as two Parisian perfumers, Jean Pateau and Anna Cagoutal. The Gualaine Signature Store not only features fragrances, but also has a full line of cosmetics as well. I have mm-hmm. seen the cosmetics. And there is a signature scent that is only sold in the Epcot store as well. I forget which brand it is. I think it's from this brand, the, the Guerlain brand. But yeah, there's like a special signature yeah. scent that you can get there. Yeah. You can also have a signature scent made for yourself as well if you would like. I think they only do this certain times of the year when like mm-hmm. the person working is there that can do that. But they can make scents for, for specific people. And you can also engrave a perfume bottle as well. So I think they have that all year round to engrave a perfume bottle. So if you buy perfume there, you can buy the special bottle to have engraved. I think you can put kind of anything you want on it. So you can make a really nice souvenir or a gift for someone, engrave a bottle and get like a very special scent in there and then bring it home for you. A really unique gift that you can get in Epcot. They also have Les Vins de France. This is the wine store. So mm-hmm. it's B&G wines and accessories. There's also wine tasting here. You can also get a souvenir wine glass when you do the wine tasting. You can also sample wines for a fee, like not do the wine tasting, but just like sample wines in general is what I mean. And you can also purchase a variety of French wines and wine accessories. They also sell many other like Parisian and French brands such as the Maxims de Paris chocolates. They sell like Parisian cookies, the Marta de Avine kitchen linens, soaps by E. Barrett & Co. and Emile Henry cookware and you know getting other like cooking and you know wine mm-hmm. wine related items in the store. They also tend to sell a lot of like Remy stuff too, lots of stuff with Remy right. on it. And they also have recently been doing a whole line along the world showcase with mini. So like a little Parisian mini is everywhere. Mm. So every every pavilion has like a mini like dedicated to that pavilion. And I love Parisian mini. She's one of my favorite minis. So. <laughs> the Le Spirit de la Provence is a dinnerware, tabletops, and decorative mm-hmm. items from southern France. So we do have a little bit of representation from other parts of France. Yeah. But it is mainly Paris. <laughs> they have some cool stuff in there too. And then lastly, they have the Souvenirs de France, which carries the typical French souvenirs like the berets, the miniature Eiffel Towers, t-shirts, like purses. 
Sometimes they'll also have really nice artwork. I actually have three canvas artwork that's hanging in my apartment. The Moulin Rouge, the Arc, and the Eiffel Which Tower. Have. And they also have some books on about French artists and cities and again just some other like kids toys as well. Also this is the area that is wheelchair accessible I think for the theaters. I think if you're going going, going to the theater I think the theater Oh you have to go in from that here. side. Okay. I think you may have to enter from here but I'm honestly not really sure though. They may have changed that over the years mm -hmm. so not 100% sure on that one. For dining there's lots of dining options actually in the French Pavilion. So first we have Le Chez de France. This is like I would say the main restaurant when you walk up you would see right. it. This was opened by French gastronomic legends Ro Roger Verge, Gaston Lenotre and Paul Bocuse. So sorry saying their names wrong. It opened at Epcot's inception in 1982 and has been run since 1996 by Bocuse's son Jerome. So it's still run by the family which I think is kind of mm -hmm. cool. In 2009 I thought this was very interesting. An audio animatronic figure of the Remy like from Ratatouille appeared at the restaurant a couple times daily. So the little Remy figure is in kind of like a little push cart and really kind of just push him around. <laughs> I thought this was really interesting because we have been there before and I've never seen this. <laughs> so I guess we don't really eat in the French Pavilion I don't know if often. we've been there but when Remy was open though we haven't been there in a know. while. So yeah we, I, we've been there after 2009 Oh though. have we? So okay. yeah we definitely have. Yeah we have been there say, past 2009 yes. Yeah. So, wow that's and interesting. Yeah, and this was especially apt given that one of the establishment's founders Gaston Lentreau was believed to be the inspiration for Auguste Gusteau in the film. So okay. one of the guys who opened the restaurant was kind of like inspired, inspired. you know the main okay. chef in the film itself. Okay. It's kind of no, cute. No we've never seen that. Okay. Yeah I've never seen Remy. I wonder if he's still around. Again this is taken from Wikipedia so right. sorry guys I, I didn't really dive too deep to see if they still do right. this. But May not have been a big at seller. Least, <laughs> at least one point in time you could have seen Remy, Remy. in a little cart. A little cart coming through the restaurant. Okay. Alright so next we have the Lace Crepere de France. This opened on October 1st 2021. This was again part of that big expansion that they did. This brings additional authentic French cuisine to Epcot and is located again right next to Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. I will say this is a very easy to get reservations. You can almost always get a reservation at the creperie place. And I also want to note too, you do not have to sit down to get a crepe. You can they kind of Walk have like a walk-up window. window as well. So yeah. you don't have to sit down. Like Le Chez de France, you have to sit down. You have mm -hmm. to have a reservation. Oh yeah, it's a regular sit crepes, down. You can so. just go get a crepe if you want. Sweet mm -hmm. or savory, whichever one you like. I've had heard very good things about the creperie place. However, personal taste, I don't really love crepes. It's just not my favorite food just personally. But again, if you're a big crepe person, apparently their crepes are very good. they have soups too, don't they? I think, yeah, they have other stuff on the yes. menu. It's very sh a small menu, but I think they have soups Yeah, because it says they also feature other dishes by celebrity chef Jerome Bocuse. Yeah. Again, I know mm -hmm. I'm saying his name wrong. I know yeah. he's a celebrity chef. I think chef. it's soups not and crepes, that kind of, you know. <laughs> and it says Bocuse is an expert behind the French pavilion's Chez de France Brassette and is signature restaurant Monsieur Paul. Monsieur mm -hmm. Paul, let's get to that next. Yeah. Monsieur Paul is a reference to Paul Bocuse and is one of the three chefs, again, who started the restaurant. Chef Bocuse is one of the most famous chefs in the entire world and he was named the top chef of the 20th century by the Culinary Institute of America. Very fancy. He's also considered to be the first, in quotes, celebrity chef. I thought that was interesting because I oh. feel like now there definitely are a lot of celebrity chefs. Oh yeah, everybody's he's a celebrity chef He's considered to be now. the first celebrity chef. Yeah. He had him put his name on his restaurant in 1965. Monsieur Paul is an upscale choice of dining venues in France. It's probably the fanciest place you could probably eat in Mac in Epcot, I would say. In Epcot, yes. Maybe other than the Japanese place. The new Japanese opened. place is Yeah, there's probably, a new place that just yes. opened in Japan. We haven't mm -hmm. done Japan yet in our deep dives, but when we mm -hmm. get into Japan, we'll get there. But this is an elegant restaurant located on the second floor of kind of like above the, the stores. And it says, prepare for a gourmet dining experience when selecting Monsieur Paul. There is a resort casual dress code. It is requested that tank tops not be worn and that there is no children's menu. So it's not really children friendly. It is a prefix menu for $195 per person plus tax and gratuity. So tax and gratuity is not included in that $195 per person. It is seven or drinks, courses. I'm sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely not drinks as well. I wonder if there's another like prefix with drinks. You could do one mm -hmm. with drinks, one without drinks, because often those prefix menus have an option. 
So, so you have a seven course meal. You start with a starter cocktail, then you go to the hors d'oeuvres, which you can choose an appetizer. And then you have a fish course, you choose a fish course, your trom normand, then you do a meat course, choose one, a dessert course, choose one, and a mignardiche and digestif. I don't know how to say that. I'm not 100% mm, sure what that know. is. I do not eat fancy meals, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I have only ever once in my life gone out to eat where it's like a prefix, like course dinner. Uh-huh. And it was very fancy, and I probably would never do it again. No. <laughs> so. Because 98% of the food we will not eat. Yeah. Uh, is a vegetarian and I'm fussy. Yeah, that is just not our personalities. Yes, yes. I honestly don't really know anyone who's even eaten here. I don't even know if my cousin's eaten here. No, uh, Nikki did Victoria he, and Albert. I was going to say he went to that I don't one think instead. he did that yeah. one. I think because he did I wonder, Victoria and Albert. I imagine one day him, my, my cousin, my one of my first cousins is a professional chef along with his wife. They're both mm-hmm. professional chefs. I imagine one day they I probably see them will doing do it. this one day because they mm-hmm. love doing like this super fancy stuff and so, they really appreciate food. You yes. know, like you have to appreciate How it's food, made, obviously. how it's presented, right. Yeah, the, you know, talking to chefs, you know, things yes. like that, like the quality. Yeah, I can see him stuff. doing that. I know we did Victoria Alberts. Yeah, but I so I'm just all that to say I don't know anyone who's actually eaten no, here before. I don't either. Personally. So if you've eaten here before, let me know. But love yeah, to hear. We'd like to know how it was because <laughs> you don't hear many people talking about it either. Yeah, because it's very mm. expensive, very fancy, and I think too you obviously have to dress a certain way. A lot of people don't want to go to Epcot dressed up. You probably have to be a local for that as well, um, or maybe just going on a very special dinner. Who knows? Mm. So up next we have the Boulangerie Patisserie de Hall. This is where we like to eat. This is like <laughs> kind of right by the Souvenirs de France. <laughs> It's basically their quick service, I would yeah, say. Yeah, quick service. They serve croissants, eclairs, mousse, quiche, souffles, tarts, cheese platters, mm. and a variety of sandwiches, paninis, sandwiches and paninis, as well as coffee. It says mm-hmm. coffee and tea. So that's where we like to go. Yes. So we tend to go there. <laughs> Last time this selection was kind of down. So yeah, since COVID, they have had mm. a lot less, I will mm-hmm. say. Pre-COVID, they had a huge selection of sandwiches, mm-hmm. pastries. Post-COVID, not as no. much. I wonder if they're going to bring back like all the selection know. they used to have. Yeah. But I do miss the selection. I was disappointed the last time we went there. used to have. Although you can make any sandwich into panini, even if it's insane to panini, just say, throw it on that panini. I know. the first. I never even knew you could do that until one of our friends, when I went with her for lunch, she said, oh, I want it, you know, hot. I was like, I can get that hot? Yeah. I didn't even know I could get that hot. You, just know, you can make anything into panini if yeah. you like. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I gotta say, their stuff is still very good. Like yes. every food Whatever I get you get is, is very great. good. Yes. I just think they used to have a bigger selection, selection. of like pastries, for instance, yes. pre-COVID. Again, mm-hmm. post-COVID, not as much. So it is what it is. Last but not least, we have the La Artisans Des Glass. This is the Artisan Ice Cream and Sorbet Shop. They serve 16 different flavors. All of the flavors are made on premise, which I thought was really mm-hmm. cool with fresh ingredients. They have 10 ice creams and six sorbets. I was going to read out all the flavors, but honestly, I mm-hmm. recommend just looking up because that's a lot to to just read out mm-hmm. and the desserts are sold by the scoop either in cups or cones and adults may also add a liquor a liqueur to their ice cream mm. if you so wish we've never eaten it yeah giving there, gifts but it's supposed op- to be very good yes yeah, supposed to have you're supposed to have the options of hundreds of flavor combinations mm. for a long time this was the only ice cream that you could like cupped ice cream like in a cup you can get in epcot for that's a really, true really long yes time. yeah uh-huh which is kind of funny if you think about it this was the main ice cream place mm-hmm. in france of all places now we do have that gelato place in italy that's italy. also very good mm-hmm. i will say i think like the italy place a little bit better than this Although again, that's gelato, not ice cream. And gelato and ice cream are different. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely recommend going there. We have eaten here before. Love the ice cream. My dad's a big ice cream person. Yeah, I've never had anything from there. Yeah, I've had it a long mm-hmm. time ago, honestly. Because again, mm-hmm. recently I get ice cream. Yes. I tend to get the gelato from Italy instead because I do prefer gelato over ice cream. But again, this place has more flavors. Like gelato does not have many flavors. It's just like maybe four flavors, okay. four or five flavors. But here you have lots of different flavors you can get. I feel like mom, you really like the coconut white chocolate flavor. Ooh, so that yes. sounds really good to you. Mm. And I feel like my dad would get pistachio because my dad loves. Pistachio. I like pistachio too. And I probably just get mint chocolate because I just like mint chocolate.
chocolate. They also have a caramel floor to sell, which I wonder if that's like, mm. I'm not really sure what that is. But one of their sorbet flavors, I like how I said I was not going to read the flavors and I hear you. Here we are talking out. about them. One of the sorbet flavors is pomegranate, which I thought was really interesting. Oh, wow. I've never okay. had a pomegranate. That's why uh, people go there because you get those kind of flavors. We're going to have to go there. Ooh. Yeah, I know, with all fresh okay. stuff. Maybe we'll next, do a snack for that. One yeah, day. next time we're in the park. Like that's where we're going for a snack. Okay. One of the fun flavors there. Yes. So that was kind of all the details I had on the French Pavilion. So, yeah, again, a lot to do with with Paris overall. I will say again, I've been to Paris, and when you walk around, it really mm-hmm. does. They have a lot of touches of of the Parisian of, of Paris there. Yes, and they I love do. That. I think it's so. If cool. you pay attention, it really does yeah. have a lot of touches. Even down to that stand with like the adverts on it, mm-hmm. like that's how they have adverts on it. Yes, so it's like circular columns, yes. sort of circular columns all through Paris. Just, yes, exactly. love it. So I love the French Pavilion. We're thinking of trying to eat there on one of our next vacations mm-hmm. to go back. There, we haven't been we in a while. We haven't been in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Not to say that we disliked it when we went in the past. No. We always liked it, but mm-hmm. there's just so many places to eat in Disney World yes. and Epcot when you only go a few times a year, like once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. You just got to pick and choose sometimes. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, anything you wanted to add on on the French Pavilion? Nope. All right. So now we can transition to a little bit of Disney news. So I don't have much because we are pre-recording this quite in advance right now. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is that the new Munchling series is debuting it is the Pixar Boardwalk Bite. Mm. So the characters in this is a chocolate dipped cone Wheezy, oh, <laughs> which cute. is yeah, the Wheezy penguin from Toy Story. <laughs> the Num Num Cookie Jack Jack, which I think is really cute since the Num Num Cookie is so popular. They finally made one to okay. look like Jack Jack. The Caramel Apple Rainbow Unicorn. The Blueberry Orange Whoopie Pie, which is Dory. A Wild Blueberry Muffin Boo, which I think is really cute. A Mini Hamburger Slider Lotso. <laughs> and a surprise one that I don't know yet because the line actually, as of recording this, the line actually hasn't launched yet. So no one has posted photos online. So I don't know what the surprise one's going to be. Okay. There have been rumors for a while that the Wishables are supposed to make a return, but there's been no set date or collection yet for them. So if you remember a couple of years ago, like mm. kind of right around COVID, the Wishables series kind of died out and the Munchlings series came in and the Munchlings kind of replaced Wishables. A lot of people are really sad and really love the Wishables series and want the Wishables mm. to come back, especially people who had not finished their collections yet of Wishables that no longer now can finish their collections because they're no longer sold. So there's been rumors that the Wishables are going to come back for a while now. But again, there's been no set date or collection for yet for them to return. If the Wishables did come back, I would 100% buy them until I got the Epcot Wishable. I am sad I didn't try to get the Epcot Wishable in the past. It's one of those things where the Wishables, the way that they were sold was in these actual like sealed packages. packages. So you would have to really manhandle that package to figure out what what creature was inside of it to try to get the one that you really wanted. And at the time, I was just like, nah, it's not really worth it. I don't really want to do that. Then the Munchling series came out. The Munchlings are sold in like cardboard boxes, which is much better for the environment. Yeah, collapsible cardboard boxes. It's very easy to half collapse them and see what was inside. Yeah, so I have my favorite Munchling, and I still love him to this day, is the Baymax S'more. I love the Baymax S'more. He's my best friend. I love him Mm -hmm. so much. I love all the Baymax S'more stuff. I have considered buying the whole line, but I think it's a bit ridiculous because I really don't need everything from the Baymax S'more line. So I just have the one little Munchling. But to find him, we did. We poked through every bottom of those boxes to see what the bottom was so we could try to get the one that I really wanted. So that's why I think it's kind of interesting that the Munchling series is continuing where people can kind of cheat and get the animals that get the creatures that they want or the toys that they want where wishables you couldn't really not no, do that no I couldn't tell you'd have to really manage. it was very hard things. on those even if you tried it was very yeah, hard yeah it was very hard to tell and some people were really talented at it who were like knew like what to feel for and so I kind of wish back in the day I tried harder to try to get the Epcot ball one because I really did love the little Epcot ball but 
but alas, I did not try to get him, and now I do not have him, and now he never may never be sold ever again in this life. So sad times. Not that I need it, obviously. I have lots of little plushies in right. my life. <laughs> the Epcot ball. If it ever comes back, you know for sure I'm going to try to get that Epcot ball, and then watch me end up with like ten Animal Kingdom trees of life, right. or something like that. All right, and our last little bit of Disney news is that the Flower and Garden Festival is officially starting in a few days on February 28th. Super exciting on February 28th, the Flower and Garden Festival. That is my personal favorite festival out of all the festivals in Epcot. That's my favorite. When we go down in May, I'm excited to see all the new topiaries. I know the big new topiaries in the front of the park will be from the new Disney movie Wish. So we mm. will see Asha, the little goat's name. I don't remember the don't goat's, goat's name. name. We are going to see Asha. I can't find his name. Oh, Valentino. That's his name. Mm. Asha, Valentino, and Star. And we all know I love Star. Oh, of Star. course. We're going to see Star. Star is my other best friend. Other than the Baymax Smar. Mm. Baymax Smar and Star, my two besties. Two <laughs> I love them mm. so much. So I'm very excited to see the new topiaries. I'm sure I'll see photos of them in the coming days mm-hmm. as well. But excited for that. And excited to see what other like new new foods and new new little things that they have. All right, so let's transition into some Disney birthdays. First up, we have Ferb Fletcher on February 29th, leap year. Ferb Fletcher was born on a mm. leap year. How cute is that? Ferb is from Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. who Ferb is. I did not know their last name was Fletcher. I have mm-hmm. not watched Phineas and Ferb in many years. Mm-hmm. But February 29th, we got a little leap year baby. And then the only other birthday we have is my grandma's birthday mm-hmm. on February 28th. 28th. So happy birthday also to my grandma. But very exciting. We're in another leap year. Love, mm-hmm. a, good, love a good leap year. I was actually born in a leap year, but I was not mm-hmm. born on leap year. No. I was born in April, but April. My, the year I was born was a leap year. So it's always exciting to see leap years. <laughs> so, all right, now we can transition into a final segment, our Disney memory. So do you have a Disney memory? for My Disney conference? memory is when the first time when we went to Epcot to France, after we went to actual France, we yeah. went to Paris, was the memory was when we went to Disney the next time. Mm-hmm. When I paid attention and walked in and looked over by where it was supposed to be the river and I yeah. saw those boxes. Because book when you were talking right? about them, it was in my mind. When I first walked in, like normally as we would walk through, you see it, you don't pay much attention to it. It's there, it's fine, it's whatever. But when we were in actual Paris and saw them along the river, when I got back to Disney and looked over and said, oh my God, you really mm-hmm. look like you're in Paris. Yeah. I mean, it just actually- Even when you look down by the lagoon, those little like boats that mm-hmm. were down there, it's like you I remember it Paris. actually hitting me at that point, how much detail Disney was actually putting yeah. in those countries. Like you truly do feel it. It yes. is incredible. Like even like, I didn't kind of mention this, but Le Chez de France, the way it looks, looks like Parisian restaurants. Mm-hmm. Like that is what it looks like when you're yes. there. And that is so cool. Yes. And I think I didn't appreciate it as much until I saw it in person. Yeah. Something to compare And to. then came back yeah. and saw it and said, oh my God. Just like you did when you went to, you know, Italy and then came back and constantly pointing yeah, out to us, that's the, the Doge's Palace yeah. and that's this and that's that. Mm-hmm. It was like when the first time that we went through there after we came back from Paris and I looked and said, oh my God, I could be back in Paris if I just block out all the people around mm-hmm. me and the, like the other extended view. You just look where you're looking and you could feel like you were in Paris yeah. again. No, I would definitely agree. And I've heard mm-hmm. a lot of people say that they feel that as well too. Yes. Especially when you walk into that new section kind of by mm-hmm. Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. Well, the, you know, the walls with the, yeah. the architecture. That and section yes. really does feel like you're just walking through a little mm-hmm. street in Paris and you yes. look up and you see the skyline here. But right. still, it's like, it's so cool to be back there. Yeah. It's so, it's so lovely. And I know you can tell it. people that, but until, like I said, for us, because we did see it actually in person. Once you go back and see it, you're like, oh my God, it really does. Yeah. It's one of those things mm-hmm. where it's like, I think Disney really does that right. You know, yes. it's just like the you detail. can travel. If you're not able to travel the world, no. obviously it's expensive to go to Disney, but it's expensive to travel the world as yes. well. So for instance, if you're never going to make it to some of these countries, like yes, who the knows detail. if are going to make it to, to, to Germany or to Morocco or to, Morocco or to, Japan. Or to Japan. You know, right. at least you get a little taste. Taste here of what it America. feels like to be there. I, I, yes. I love that. I love being I have to give to them credit. That. So that was my memory. What's your yeah. memory? I, I would say kind of like the same thing too. Yeah. When we first walked around, you start to notice like how accurate things really are mm-hmm. and how much work that 
that the Disney Imagineers really put into creating mm-hmm. these in, into these pavilions and especially too for the France pavilion like for instance by that book box that they have too they have a little stand as if someone was painting you know the little mm-hmm. scenery right there right. and that's what you see too in France so like lots of artists I well, out on the streets yes, yes. Like so many artists live in Paris of I course, have one of those city, paintings but, yes yeah, no, I have sure. one of those little tiny little paintings that they were just painting and selling on the street yes yeah, so I absolutely love them mm-hmm. I think that's so cool every time I go by and I see those that those little things that are there I'm just reminded of it I'm just like mm-hmm. yeah this is as if I'm back in Paris and I would love to go back to Paris so when mm-hmm. that's definitely something I really want to do is go back to the city of Paris, Paris. I really want to see a show at the Moulin Rouge a lot mm-hmm. of people know my real life I love I've always been obsessed with the Moulin Rouge mm-hmm. since I was a kid so I'd love to see a show at the Moulin Rouge so one day I'm gonna have to see that I would love to go back to Disneyland Paris mm-hmm. so as of recording this it was like one year ago as of recording this when I was in Disneyland yeah, Paris I can't for the first been one year for the first and only time I've been there mm-hmm. so so exciting I love Disneyland Paris so much so have to get back there too especially because they have all this new stuff coming up in Disneyland Paris as well so yeah, gotta get well, back there for all the new that'll stuff that'll be a, a goal trip so yeah so mm-hmm. so much fun though Mari thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast make sure you give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and if you're watching on YouTube leave us a comment down below or on our Instagram Spaceship Birth Design to let us know what is your favorite part of the French Pavilion do you love the Impressions de France do you love Remy's Ratatouille Adventure which restaurant do you like what's your go-to what's your go-to like meal or do you love just meeting Belle in her blue dress I love seeing Belle in her blue dress since mm-hmm. we mainly see her in the yellow dress most of the time love seeing her just casual you know every day so yeah let us know what, what your favorite things are about the France Pavilion and let us know which pavilion do you want us to deep dive into next we have deep dove in into many pavilions now but we still have a few more to go so which one do you want us to do next but love to hear it and uh yeah just let us know so